spirit leave this realm There's a God up in heaven, there's a devil in hell There's a mother, she's crying, cause her babies are dying And the father in jail, with a son by his side But our father, he loves us, unlike any of us Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross I know where you're going, if you live in that light Don't be perfect among us, but in the dark we are light Spreading the news If you live in a lie You ain't gonna die with the truth This is Matt and Mom Live It's real, it's raw, it's relevant The show is about the topical, the conversational But most importantly, the purposeful We hope to develop and distribute hope to the broken We pray that this show blesses you today Alright, we're back at it again. This is Matt and Mom Live. It's real, it's raw, it is relevant. My name is Matthew Mayer. It is an honor to be sitting here with my mother, Andrea, as we go back topically, conversationally, and always purposefully, hoping to develop and distribute hope, regardless of what you're going through, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead these conversations, Mom. Um, We have an idea where we're going today because of where we were a couple weeks ago in our podcast dealing with testimonies. Uh, That was kind of a change of pace from where we've been recently in the podcast. Entering the new year, we talked about unbreakable resolutions. So last thread, last episode, we talked about the power of a testimony. So just to briefly recap that, we talked about God giving us a testimony personally, uniquely designed for our lives. And it it doesn't always, let me say, have to come through tragedy. It is testifying on the witness stand of life to God's character. And his transformation power in your own life. Yes, you mainly hear people testifying about what God has done because they've come from drugs or prison or tragedy or loss. But that shouldn't count out or cancel out you out there who's saying, well, I don't have a testimony. No, Jesus said, you are my witnesses. He, he, he says that to all that are following him. You're all my witnesses. Now go testify to the people around you about my character. So that's your testimony. And the point was this. Last um, episode, talking about being equipped to share your testimony, telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now, this thread, Mom, today, I believe, is going to go into the direction of discovering the truth. I mean, you can't tell or talk about the truth unless you get to know the truth. And Jesus identifies not an idea as the truth, not a philosophy as the truth, not even these are truths. He says, I am the truth. So he wants us and invites us, commands us into a relationship with him, with the truth. And when I fit into that, when I allow that to fill me up, then I can share it. The word is naturally. I share it naturally. And I remember a scripture verse that is used to talk about two men who were with Jesus. And the the Pharisees, the religious folk, they hear them doing what? Testifying. Testifying what? The name of Jesus, the character of Jesus, the power of Jesus. That's all they're talking about. And it says the people see this and it says they perceive after they see the boldness of Peter and John that they were crazily uneducated and untrained men. And they were astonished. So think about that. After they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized they were uneducated and untrained, they were astonished and here's the conclusion then they realized that they had been with jesus so the only way that those two could stand up in the midst of persecution really they were told not to say the name of jesus they were told basically essentially not to testify they were able to do so with boldness because here's the clincher 
they had been with Jesus. So, people out there, my question to you is, when's the last time you were with Jesus? See, if you're not spending time with Him daily, devotionally, morning, nightly, you cannot basically share His character with anybody. It's just like a relationship that you have. You can share about that person only to the depth or extent that you know that person. And God invites us to know Him. So, Mom, with that foundation in mind or that frame of context in mind, um, what are we to say to those listening about the character of God and how to get to know that, to testify about it? Well, that it's personal, and it, it doesn't have to be so deep and so difficult. So you don't have to be a preacher or teacher? Absolutely it, not. They, it says they were untrained and uneducated. They were what? I love that. Fishermen. They were fishermen. Yeah, which was really not exactly the top of the barrel. Yeah, that bottom. was not a compliment. <laughs> right. And untrained means they didn't go to a seminary. Yes. They didn't go to a Bible college. They were not the typical traveling rabbi, the preacher, the teacher. They were just commoners, mm-hmm. and they were ordinary men who God made extraordinary men. And I don't want to read the scriptures and say, wow, what mighty men of God, because he says, no, I'm inviting you to be a mighty man, exactly. a mighty woman, with my power, my spirit. Remember, exactly. he says, when you're my witnesses, I'm going to give you a promise. What was the promise? That he'd be with us always. Yeah, the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The dynamic power. The us. dynamite power. So yeah. he wants to empower each person to speak about him in the face of, yes, sadly, persecution criticism but without the boldness we're always going to remain silent Mm. in the world today and it doesn't have to be again intellectual it doesn't have to be complicated it's just as simple as declaring it you know i think of my conversations that i have with my little 10 year old granddaughter and it's so basic god's with you don't worry about that right that's what she can comprehend Oh, I, she was stressing out about something. I said, Olivia, know what I want you to do? I want you to just pray before you go in. Well, what do you mean, Mom? I'm praying. She's thinking out loud. No, praying's talking to God. Tell him, I'm afraid about this situation. Would you walk in with me? And the next time I saw her, I asked her about it. And she said, Mom, I felt so much peace. That's great. And that's all I could say is, guess what, Liv? That's God. And that's, that's all it is. I think we complicate it. And yes, God, we start out as babies, and he wants us to mature and to become grown adults and mature in our thinking. But where you are right now, if you're just a new Christian, then you take that basic knowledge and use it. And I think the more that you do use it, the more that maybe you share it with a granddaughter. It's probably easy, Mom, for you to share it with Olivia. Um, and it may th- then you have to share it with your children, your adult children, and that's easy for you too because you've done it all these years. I'm the, your youngest son. I'm 31. And then you share it when you teach the Bible with your peer groups and you do it naturally because you've done it. So the point is the more you do it, mm-hmm. the more naturally you can share it. Now I say that to say building up from teaching a granddaughter naturally, simplifying the gospel. Hey, God's always with you. I'm saying on the day of a hardship – on the day of persecution, on the day where the pressure is around you, the only way you're going to have the power to speak about it there, then, is if you've done it all along. So how important is it to have the vernacular, the vocabulary of God, the language of heaven, on an everyday basis, to conversationally bring him up? Because you're not going to have the courage, the boldness, or the power of the Holy Spirit in the moment where 
you feel that nudge. Hey, share with your coworker. Share Jesus with them. In other words, though, it should become so natural. That's what I'm saying. And there's it's, Bible verses that back what I'm saying. In Deuteronomy, we're told not to only share it with our children. We're not to have the word depart from our lips. And it even invites them to nail the scriptures to the doorposts of their houses. That's where we get the idea of phylactery. So as the times unfolded, they took that idea. God was basically saying, hey, imprint my word all over your life. Mm -hmm. Let my word be scripted in your home, in your vocabulary, in your children. And then they took the idea further, trying to act holy, and they made these things called phylacteries. That's why they had scriptures that were basically hanging hanging from them or around their forehead. It was basically showing off, saying, look at me. The scriptures are not only written on my home life. They're written on my public life. And it was like, whoa. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about a pharisaical display of religion. I'm talking about a, a conversation that you would have on a daily basis. Well, the rest of that Deuteronomy verse says that. It reflects a relationship. It says, teach them as you walk along with them. That's right. And Good it's memory. A, it's a personal uh, thing, and it goes on. It's an, a communicative, interactive, everyday. So let me, let me just let me close my thoughts out because I don't want to um, confuse anybody. When I lead the students in my group, so I'm dealing with 6th graders through 8th graders in one group and ninth graders through 12th graders, and we meet weekly. So they're familiar with, with their peer group. They see them. They might not be best friends with one another, but every single youth group night, there's interaction. And as time goes on, you know what happens? They could take their guard down with each other, and there's a level of trust there. Then I always invite the students, Mom, not me. I'm the leader, but I invite them to open us up and close us down in prayer. And usually no hand goes up, right? Everybody looks around. I say, guys, if you can't pray here in front of people you're comfortable with, what makes you think you'll be able to pray out there when it's uncomfortable? So you're building up their esteem, their security to open up in prayer and close down. And it's amazing to see some kids that don't know how to pray raise their hand and try it. And the point is, like a baby, the more you talk, the more vocabulary you gain the easier it becomes. If I'm still walking and talking like a baby and I'm a 31-year-old man, you would say to me, Matt, something's wrong. But if you've been a Christian for 30 years, 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, and you're still talking like a baby Christian, hey, something's wrong. So the more we use it, the more we talk about it, the easier, the more confident we will become to do it on the day of reckoning. So... You know, the encouragement is try it at home. Try talking with your children. Try talking to your, your trustworthy friends, your coworkers. And the more you do it with them, I think the easier it may become to do it with a stranger. That's the power of our testimony. Somebody out there needs to hear what you've gone through, what God has kept you from. Somebody out there needs to hear about the character of God because they're devastated. Life will devastate you. There's no doubt about that. Turn on the news and it will convince you how devastating the world we live in is. Yet that's not all that we have to look forward to. There's a hope that is above that. It's the hope of God. It's the hope of heaven. So imagine if I can navigate my little temporary life, which according to God's word is like a shadow, which passes. It's like the blink of an eye, which is so quick. It's like a grain of sand in the midst of billions and billions of other grains. Imagine if I'm only focused on that much. Of course I'm going to be stressed out. But imagine when my eyes are open, my heart is open to this vastness of God's eternity. Can a little adversity really shake me? And the answer is no. But mom, it, it would grieve me because I've been through a lot. I mean, never to downplay my circumstances. It was, that was, that's some tough stuff. But if I understood the eternal aspect behind what God was willing to do and accomplish, 
then all that was, Paul says, but none of these things move me, mom. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. Hey, this temporary life is not mine. But this is what he counted worthy to finish his race and to testify to the gospel of grace. That was his ambition. That was his mission. So I share it openly. I share it proudly because it's not about me. It's about what God has done in me, through me, and in spite of me. And that is what really energizes my life now. And that's why I believe with all my heart, the more that I say, God, whatever audience you bring me before, I'll share what you want me to share. Recently, I just spoke at a public high school and I was able to share because it was under the label of Fellowship of Christian Athletes about my faith. And I say, imagine going in there and just giving them a cute presentation of truth or the gospel and then allow them to make their decision based on all the other messages they get, which are blatant, which are belligerent, which are relentless. And it's the world's messages. So I went in with raw emotion. And I gave them the gospel as the way Jesus would want us to give it. I talked about his sacrifice. I talked about his death. I talked about salvation, forgiveness. And I gave it to them. And I made, hey, I said, Jesus is an intersection. You come to an intersection, you have to make a decision, right? You can choose him and he'll take you somewhere. It says he'll take you to heaven and he'll give you his peace on earth. Or you can choose to go around him, that intersection, and reject him. But guess what? You have to make a decision about who Jesus is. That's what I believe we should be doing with our testimony, putting people on their heels to make a decision about this Savior of ours. Do a lot of kids show up at these at the public school? They said they announced it at this particular one for the first time, and they had to move the location from a small classroom to the auditorium. So um, it was the most they've ever had. They've had uh, one of the girls who's a representative for the club came up to me afterward and said, we were praying that certain groups of kids came, certain girls, certain guys, and they showed up today. And they're like they were just so happy because she felt that the message was necessary and they needed to hear that. So it is pretty cool to see. And I'm so thankful that God allows me to use my story, my backstory, to leverage with his glory. And I think that is the, the most unique part about our testimonies that everybody has one. And God will bless you to, to leverage his glory with even the things you've done or the things you haven't done. And he'll still bless it. But we have to be equipped to share it. I mean, I could talk for hours, Mom, about this particular subject. Sure, because it's burning in your heart, and and it's something you feel that you know God's hand was on it, and that's what he wants you to do. And it's so cool to hear that you're going into schools and you're not just going in with a pat message of easy believism. Because, man, I think that's what turns kids off. You know, there's certain people that will be like, now, okay, Make sure you handle it like real gently. Don't offend anybody. And yeah, but, so you're, you're basically you're you're conforming your message not to the Bible and the way it should be delivered, the way the apostles delivered it, the early church, and the most effective time of our history was that early first few centuries of the church. And it seems like we kind of went downhill. And and this is why. Well, the generations you're dealing with today, Matthew, are very different. You know, you got to be very delicate with them. And, I, and you know what? The statistic I read recently, it was so saddening, was the kids today that are plugged into youth groups today, they go off to college, and when they come home as young adults, they don't plug back into their church. And the, the reason is, you want to hear the reason? Because while they're plugged in today, they're getting nothing but fluff and activities and entertainment. So when they come back, they have no substance, and they look around, and they see all their peers not plugging into church as young adults, and that's the curve of every generation that doesn't extend that that um that hand back to the generation below them and saying, hey, follow me. This is the truth. So yeah, you can't fluff it. And we so underestimate God and his power when we do that. It's almost like we have to, we are conforming ourselves to the times 
instead of realizing that God is a transformer in spite of the times. That's right. God doesn't change. Human nature doesn't change. So yes, the times do change. People will be like, well, you know, they need all that stimulation now. You really have to, yeah. you have to come in with bells and whistles. I know. Make sure you have the, you know, strobe lights going and the, and you know what? When you speak truth, the word of God is powerful. It's sharper. It cuts. And their souls crave it. They yes. don't know what they crave. They'll, they'll dive into the trends. So let me get back to our, our, our frame of reference and our biblical text that we were using, Acts 4.13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained, they were marveling. They were astonished. And they realized they had been with Jesus. Remember that? Well, looking up the exact meaning of boldness in Greek. This is – I'm not making this up. In Greek. Mom, you, you heard me teach on this. What does it mean? And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, what is boldness? They stood up? No. When they saw the freedom of speech. Exactly as our amendment says, to have freedom of speech. Basically, I can go out and say whatever I want. Right? Freedom of speech. But nowadays, well, you can't bring up Jesus. Right. You can't say that anymore. You can go say you believe in anything else. Hey, don't mess with them. They believe in the devil. Or don't mess with them. They don't believe in anything. Hey, don't mess with them. But when you bring up Jesus or the God of the Bible, your freedom of speech is no longer allowed. But not in the Bible. The Bible says this is what the people perceived. And the reason why they came to the conclusion that they had been with Jesus is because they had done it in such a way that it was not only gentle, it was persuasive, Mm. and yes, it was academic. So, to tie in everything we've said, not only from last podcast, which was talking about your personal testimony, and then today's podcast, which is talking about spending time with Jesus, the truth, and then sharing his truth naturally. You talked about witnessing to your little granddaughter, and then I said, well, that's interesting. You can do it so naturally because you've always done it. And we say start talking with the people closest to you about it. So then when you get into a situation or setting where it is uncomfortable and you're talking to a stranger in the grocery store, you're more inclined to talk about the character of God or share your testimony than keeping your mouth shut. And I believe with keeping our mouth shut, Mom, that's why that curve is declining because nobody's willing to step up, step out, and speak to the generation below them about, hey, there's not spirit of relativism going on here. The Bible is very clear about how stable – and how durable God's character is. It says he was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I know that, yet why would I not stand on that? Man, so we shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb, Revelation says, and the words of our testimony, dealing with those particular um, saints in that particular time, which is future speaking, prophetic. But I want to take that word and make it personal. In my own life, understanding the blood of the Lamb, that which sets me free, doesn't just pardon me in the court of Christianity. It exonerates me. You know the difference between those two? A pardon is a piece of paper that says you are no longer – you no longer have to go through with the punishment. You've been pardoned. So the idea, Mom, is even if I was pardoned, there's still a record that I was pardoned. There's still a record of what I did. Exonerating someone means there's no record. It's been cleared. You can't find it. Now, that's the difference. When God clears us, when he exonerates us, the devil can't find anything in our history to hold against us. The only time he is able to do that is when we agree with the accusation or we remind ourselves and we blame ourselves. So the point is set yourself free. Receive God's forgiveness. Be a bold witness. Get called to the stand of the court of Christianity and testify boldly to the name of Jesus. And I believe that's your purpose in life. Everything else is just a byproduct. 
and and I'm going to share God in the courtroom. I'm going to share God in um, the offices. I'm going to share God in the post office, the grocery store. If you're a police officer, if you are a lawyer, it doesn't matter. You are simply a witness to Jesus disguised in that particular role. Excellent. You got nothing? Nope. Mom's got nothing on her end. Well, I, I was a lot to digest, and it was all good teaching, and I think that that's something that should encourage every one of us, no matter where we are, whether we're at the crawling stage of our Christianity or whether we've been walking through this uh, Christianity for many, many years. It's it's just a great basis to know that practice makes perfect. Practicing the principles of God will bring us to maturity. So when we say perfect, we mean mature. Stand up and stand out. I think it's time nowadays especially to speak out your truth, speak out your faith, and God will be glorified. Dr. Charles Stanley says, obey God and leave the consequences up to him. And I think we fear the approval of man. We, we fear the response of man, and that's what keeps us from sharing God. I want to keep my mind stayed on him. I want to receive his peace and be bold enough to talk about him to anybody that I come across. And whether they coin me a Jesus freak that one day they will know that instead of remembering me as a Jesus freak, they're going to say, man, that kid was Jesus free. And at one point, their knee will bow and their tongue will confess that the person that I was speaking about was truly God. And I don't want to be held accountable for not sharing what I do know. So we encourage you today, we develop and distribute hope, the intangible, pulling from the very word of God, that which is stable, reminding you that he is faithful that if he is for you, nobody, no thing could be against you, that you need to know he is your anchor, he is your hope, he is your salvation, and thankfully he is our refuge in a time of trouble. We close all shows reminding you you may be the only Bible somebody reads. Your conduct, your character, and your conversation in Psalm 4610 to just be still. From time to time, just shut everything down around you and be still within you and hear what the Lord has to say to you. We thank you for sharing this podcast. We hope that you have been blessed by it. God bless. my way through the top. Loves me just as I am. Despite all my flaws, he takes the pain from my flesh and leaves it right at the cross. Which way are you going? Yahweh, you don't know him. I answer his calling. Y'all people ain't knowing. He breathed in my lungs and spared me from Satan. And now that I love even my loved ones, they hate Waiting patiently, pacing for me to fall on my face But I'm falling in faith, pardon me for his grace There's a battle out there, spiritly in this realm There's a God up in heaven, there's a devil in hell There's a mother, she's crying, cause her babies are dying And the father in jail, with a son by his side But our father, he loves us, unlike any of us Gave his only beloved, 316 on the cross if you live in that light, you'll be perfect among us, but in the dark we are light. Thank you, Jesus, I love you. Help me spread with the news. If you live in a lie, you ain't gonna die with the truth.
know where you're coming from think y'all doing something different. Nah. Don't you know they've been watching that block that you're on since before my time. Wow. So what makes you think that you're doing something different? You want to do something different? Put your faith in Christ. <laughs> 